Heavenly Father, we humbly approach your throne, acknowledging you as the one true God who spoke this world into existence. I pray that you bless this message, bless this ministry, and open up the eyes and the ears of God's elect so they will stand and overcome in the end. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. We're going to go into or back into 1 Samuel and we're going to cover 1 Samuel chapter 22. But first, turn with me to St. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. I'm going to read something to you. And when I read it to you, keep it in mind because it's going to be very, very important when we go to 1 Samuel chapter 22. The Holy Spirit showed me this. And I'm going to share it with uh, all of you. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, that's the job of the church. And all God's ministers and pastors and people who call themselves clergy is to be a comfort to those who are heavy laden. That's their job. That's the job. That's Jesus' purpose is to comfort those who are heavy or heavily laden. Keep that in mind when we go into 1 Samuel chapter 22. And let's see if you can see the connection without me pointing it out to you. I'm going to point it out to you anyway. But let me see if the Holy Spirit moves on you and you see the connection. David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. Now read, now check this out. And everyone that was distressed, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them, and they were with him about 400 men. How about that? All those individuals who were heavy laden came to David. And the reason why they came to David because they knew he was anointed. You know, the, the, the Bible doesn't tell us that. But they knew who to go to. They knew who the leader was. They knew who the man of God was. You see, when you're tuned into the right Holy Spirit, you can discern the men of God from those who are professional pastors. Just there to make that money. And they'll teach anything that's popular. But the men of God, the true men of God, the ones who are anointed by God, who teach that word, who don't back down, regardless of how unpopular something they may teach, the Holy Spirit guides his elect to them. 
But going back to Matthew and going back to 1 Samuel 22, we see how the Bible flows. We see the mission of the clergy. We see the mission of God's anointed. We see that mission being spoken to us over and over and over again through the Holy Word of God. One Samuel twenty-two verse three, and David went thence to Mizpah of Moab and said unto the king of Moab, Let my father and my mother, I pray thee, come forth and be with you, till I know what God will do for me. And he brought them before the king of Moab, and they dwelt with him all the while that David was in the hole. First thing David does is make sure his parents are in protection. Okay, all right. Because Saul's trying to pursue David. King Saul wants to kill David. And David makes sure his parents are going to be alright. That's what you're supposed to do. You make sure your parents are going to be alright. you got an elderly parent out there. They're in the nursing home. You go visit your parents. Alright. You go visit your parents if you got elderly parents in a nursing home. And go visit them every week. Somebody might need that. I don't know why that came to me. That just came to me. But God said honor thy mother and father. And make sure you do that. Parents are very important. Even if you've had problems with your parents, you forgive them in the name of Jesus and you love them. You bake up with them. You know, let them know. Because sometimes, you know, parents and children go through hard times. They have conflicts. But you know something? You got to choose to be the man of God or the woman of God. Somebody might need that. And he brought them before the king of Moab, and they dwelt with him all the while that David was in the hold. And the prophet Gad said unto David, Abide not in the hold, depart, and get thee into the land of Judah. Then David departed and came into the forest of Hares. When Saul heard, okay, check this out, this is important. When Saul heard that David was discovered, and the men that were with him, now Saul abode in Gibeah under a tree in Ramah, having his spear in his hand, and all his servants were standing about him. Saul is in war mode. Saul is in war mode, and he ain't joking. He wants to kill David at all costs. I've said quite a few times in this series, just because you're anointed by God, it don't mean that the adversary is not going to come at you. As a matter of fact, if you're truly anointed by God, the adversary is going to turn up his attack against you. You know why? Because he wants to discredit you. He wants to discredit you, destroy your message. You got folks walking around talking about they're anointed by God. And everything coming out of their mouth is me, 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 me. Does that sound like somebody who's anointed by God? Somebody who's always talking about me, themselves? Themselves, me, themselves. No, 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 no. God's anointed care about the children of God. God's anointed care about the church. God's anointed care about being obedient. God's anointed care about God's elect. God's anointed care about all this false teaching that has overcome the church in the last thousand years. 
See, God's anointed are people who are, they have so much empathy for God's children and mercy. God's anointed are on a bunch of self, selfish people walking around feeling about their breakthrough all day long. Okay, God's anointed show the fruits of the Spirit. It's just obvious in God's anointed. You know, the fruits of the Spirit are just projecting from them. And, of course, the fruits of the Spirit are the mark of true Christians, you know. Because the fruits of the Spirit is something you cannot fake. You can't fake the fruits of the Spirit. When you are an authentic Christian, the fruits of the Spirit, they just come out naturally. You ain't got to force that. Then Saul said unto his servants that stood about him, Hear now, ye Benjamites, will the son of Jesse give every one of your field and vineyards and make you all captains of thousands and captains of hundreds? That all of you have conspired against me, and there is none that showeth me that my son has made a league with the son of Jesse, and there is none of you that is sorry for me, or showeth unto me that my son has stirred up my servants against me to lie and wait, as in this day. Alright, here we go. Remember the last chapter I said this Doeg guy, this Edomite guy was going to be a problem. Looks like I was right. Check out, this, check out what this guy says. Then answered Doeg the Edomite. Which was set over the servants of Saul and said, I saw the son of Jesse coming to Nob to Ahimelech, the son of, of Ahithad. And he inquired of the Lord for him and gave him victuals and gave him the sword of Goliath, the Philistine. Then this king sent to call Ahimelech, the priest, the son of Ahitub, and all his father's house, the priests that were in Nob, and they came all of them to the king. Uh oh. Uh oh, we're about to have some problems now. This is going to be some serious problems. Because we see this crazy speech that Saul gave about how everybody's turning against him and everybody's for David and nobody's for him. Alright? Alright, now you see, you see Saul is in a very psychotic position right now. I wonder what Saul's going to do next. And Saul said, Here now, thou son... Of Hittub, and he answered, Here I am, my lord. And Saul said unto him, Why has ye conspired against me, thou and the son of Jesse, in that thou hast given him bread and a sword, and hast inquired of the God for him that he should rise against me to lie and wait as in that day? Now listen to how Ahimelech answers. Then Ahimelech answered the king and said, and who is so faithful among all the servants as David, which is the king's son-in-law, and goeth at the bidding, and is honorable in thine house? He's asking Saul, you know, David's your faithful servant. David never, ever, ever said anything bad against the kingdom. But remember, God sent that evil spirit upon Saul for a reason. God withdrew his anointing from Saul. And a lot of Saul's behavior is because God withdrew his anointing from him. Alright? When God withdraws his protection from you, you think the adversary cares? He's coming at you with everything he got, with every wicked spirit he got. But however, we're under the new covenant now, covered by the blood of Jesus. And you really got to stray really bad. For that to happen, but I don't think that's going to happen. You know why? Because the Bible says God chastises those 
that he loves. And when we, when we read the Bible, we have to rightly divide the word anyway. You have a lot of things that happen in the Old Testament that are no longer valid in the New Testament because of that cross, because of the blood of Jesus. And that's why it's very important when you read the Bible, you rightly divide the word. A lot of people don't know how to rightly divide the word. You know, they, they become legalists and they got all this stuff going on. They're trying to get people to do stuff that doesn't even apply anymore because they don't know how to rightly divide the word. They've never been taught, unfortunately. Okay, so David, so Ahimelech the priest basically told Saul, look, David's a good guy, you know, he's, he's for the kingdom. He's not portraying the kingdom. Let's see how Saul responds to that. Did I then begin to inquire of God for him? Be it far, far from me. Let not the king put anything unto his servant, nor to all the house of my father. For thy servants knew nothing of all this, least or more. See, he didn't know what was going on. He had no idea that King Saul was after David. He didn't know. So he told the truth. He told the truth. And the king said, Thou shalt surely die, Ahimelech, thou and all thy father's house. And the king said unto the footmen, and stood about him, Turn and slay the priests of the Lord, because their hand also is with David, and because they knew when he fled and did not show it to me. But the servants of the king would not put forth their hand to fall upon the priests of the Lord. Now who are the servants of the king? The tribe of the Benjamites. They know better. They know you don't go around slaying God's priests. Alright. That's why they didn't do it. You know why? Because they feared God. They had reverence for God. And those that serve God. Okay. You know the problem today. We got people who have a reverence for people. Who don't even serve God. Who are teaching false doctrine. But because they think they have to automatically respect the pastor because he stands behind the pulpit and say, I'm a man of God. Let me tell you something, my friend. In these times, you better make sure you know what that pastor is saying. You better make sure you know what that church is teaching. And don't take it for granted because somebody has a cross in their yard that they're teaching God's word correctly. That's why it's important that you know God's word. But anyway, back to my point, I kind of got off the track a little bit, but maybe somebody needed to hear that. But check this out. The Benjamites, who are King Saul's servants, refused an order from the king because what? They had more love and reverence for God and his servants over the king and his commandments. Think about that for a minute. And the king said to Doeg, Turn thou and fall upon the priest. And Doeg the Edomite turned, and he fell upon the priest, and slew all on that day, four score and five persons that did wear a linen ephod. That means this, this Edomite, okay, this Edomite had no problem killing the priests. That belong to God. Now we're going to take a pause real quick, and I'm going to read something from to you from Psalms 137, uh, verse seven. Write that down. Psalms 137, verse seven. Now this is a verse that you need to keep in mind, and it'll explain you what type of people the Edomites are. 
Remember, O Lord, against the sons of Edom. The day of Jerusalem was said, raise it, raise it, raise it to its foundation. Raise it basically means destroy it. The sons of Edomites said destroy Jerusalem down to its foundation. This is going to be a futuristic event. So we know, or, or this is a past tense of Prince actually, because uh, uh, King David is established in his kingdom, and then you have Solomon established in his, in his kingdom, and Jerusalem doesn't get destroyed until they uh, give themselves over to idolatry and worship other gods. And this is one of the reasons why Jerusalem and Israel and everyone else of the 12 tribes of Israel went into captivity because they kneeled down to other gods. However, the Edomites, they were celebrating the fact and they were happy that Jerusalem got destroyed. So you got this guy, this Edomite, in your camp. All right. Let me tell you something, child of God. Make sure you know who you got in your camp. All right. Make sure you haven't allowed some false prophet in your circle. Now, I understand doctrinal disagreements. A lot of people disagree with me because I'm not a rapture pastor. And that's okay. But let me tell you something. The rapture is not one of the essentials of salvation. Don't you ever forget that. Don't you ever forget that. The rapture is not a salvation essential. The essentials of salvation is this. To believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and was resurrected. And to believe that this word of God is true. Doctrinal disputes, depending on what they are, but disagreeing with someone because of interpretation, well, that's been going on for a long, 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 long time. And when we are dead and gone, it's still going to be going on. And we're going to have doctrinal disputes until the return of Jesus. But I'm transparent with mine. I don't hide mine. Okay? I don't hide mine to get people to like me. I put my views right on the table. Right on the table. You got some pastors out there won't even teach uh, the first couple chapters of Romans. You know why? Because it offends too many people. But a man of God has to be transparent. Transparent. Completely transparent. So we see how the Edomites feel about the 12 tribes of Israel. And number one, King Saul having this Edomite in his camp was a no-no anyway. Never should have had him in the camp. And one of the sons of Ahimelech, the son of Ahitu, named Abiathar, escaped and fled after David. And Abiathar showed David that Saul had slain the Lord's priest. And David said unto Abiathar, I knew it that day when Doeg the Edomite was there, that he would surely tell Saul, I have occasioned the death of all the persons of thy father's house. Abide thou with me, fear not, for he that seeketh my life seeks the life, but... But with me thou shalt be in safeguard. Now let me tell you something. I want to read that again. Because you got to realize the Bither is from the, the priesthood. He's from the priesthood line. And this is very, very important. So let's read this again and let's embrace this. And David said unto Bither, I knew it that day when Doeg the Edomite was there that he would surely tell Saul, I have occasioned the death of all the persons of the father's house. Abide thou with me, fear not, 
For he that seeketh my life, seeketh his life, but with me thou shalt be in safeguard. David offered the priests his protection. I believe David knew that King Saul was going to slaughter the priest Ahimelech and his family. I believe he knew it. But what did David do? He did what a serving God does, servant of a man of God does. He protected the priest. He offered the priest protection. And what did King Saul do? Someone who is in opposition of God? He had no problem whatsoever killing the servants of God. Application. In your everyday life, people are going to come at you because of your anointing. And the reason why? They have formed a relationship with that spirit of the Antichrist. And you are their enemy. But we are not at war with their vessel. We're at war with what dwells within their vessel. And if possible, we want to lead them to Christ. However, there are people out there that got it real bad. They need Jesus real bad. And they've been led by the spirit of the Antichrist all their life. And they have declared war on the children of God since day one. So when people declare war on the children of God, remember, they're being led by the Antichrist, the spirit of the Antichrist. They're being led by the spirit of the Antichrist. And the adversary, he hates everything that loves God. As a matter of fact, the adversary, the wicked one, he even hates the people who reject God. The adversary wants to kill all of us. But he'll use those individuals that reject salvation to make war on the children of God. So we just concluded 1 Samuel chapter 22. What we've learned is that the children of God, they are very, very motivated on being there for those individuals who have and carry a heavy laden or heavily burdened or have been treaded upon or just been having a lot of bad times in their life. The true, the true children of God show a lot of empathy and a lot of mercy who, who are not on people who are not doing so well. Okay. It's easy to befriend someone or become friends with somebody who's filthy rich. That's easy. All right. Because you know you're going to get something formal. You think you are. <laughs> but let me tell you something. Can you stand with somebody who's been having so many problems in their life? That they don't know left from right. Because they're just heavily, heavily burdened. Those are the people that need you. Because the Bible said, Jesus said, he came for those that need a physician. And that's our task as children of God. To help those who have fallen. 
And you might say to yourself, you know, well, I don't have really much to help people with. Well, let me tell you something. You have that word. And you can be kind to people. And you can lift people up. Because this world we live in is jacked up. It's pulling farther and farther and farther away from God. But as one of God's elect, your job is to put on your full gospel armor and stand for the kingdom of God. Amen, amen, amen.